Hello and welcome to the King Hero Indie Car Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Not a bad day overall. Glad to hear it. Did you know, Kirby, that there was a wreck towards the end of the last NASCAR race? <laughs> really? Yeah. It's as shocking as that may seem. Did they race oh. this weekend? Yeah, I think it was at, uh, what, Bristol in the dirt. Oh, really? And okay. uh, our future uh, Indy 500 participant uh, was involved in a wreck uh, towards the end, of course. Uh, NASCAR used to never race on Easter weekend, I thought. I didn't know they were racing. Well, they're raced on Bristol, which is coated in dirt. And uh, just, I don't think anything's sacred in terms of NASCAR anymore. <laughs> Yes, not. Okay. All right. Uh, happy Easter, Curb, by the way. Day late. I hope that you and yours had all had a great uh, happy Easter. Yeah, it was good. You know, had a nice ski, uh, big Easter brunch, and uh, yeah, all worked out. Um, you, say you, went, you say you went skiing on Easter? I did. Not only skiing, I hiked up the mountain and then skied down it. Everybody's traditional Easter going skiing on the on Easter morning, right? Some would say it's uh it's a way of getting close to God, Kurt, being out there in nature, communing with nature. And the fact that I didn't get killed in an avalanche uh, just made it all the sweeter. Was there actually an avalanche? Uh, there were plenty around. Yeah, it's uh, very, uh, very dangerous out there at the moment. As always, Kurt, we're not here to talk about avalanches and we're not here to talk about NASCAR. We are here to talk about one thing and one thing only. Formula One? Not even that. I'm going to – there's a couple of things I did want to talk about, but I'm not. Okay. We are here to talk about, hopefully briefly, uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, the Monaco of IndyCar racing. IndyCar's Monaco. Curb, uh, before we get into picks, which I think is the best way to talk about the race, anything uh, particular that, that you got your eye on for this upcoming race and uh, things that you should be watching for? Well, I think um, – couple of the curious things to look for deeper in the pack maybe can Funko's Hollinger continue their uh, surprising success after the first two races did well on the street course at St. Pete so in theory that should transfer decently over to Long Beach and they also showed off their uh, all-around game by performing well at uh, Texas too so can they keep up their momentum here early in the season I think that's and then um, can Ray Hall find their way back from oblivion here at Long Beach, a place they've got tons of experience, and and uh, Graham Rahal's had some success, I think. So those are probably two off the top of my head. All right. Uh, I'm going to add one more. Um, sure. Can Alexander Rossi put the pieces together at a track he traditionally does well at with McLaren? The question before that is, can McLaren put it all together at Long Beach? Um, they've not been present in the top three the last few years, but uh, I think award was fifth last year, but uh, they don't have a a record like, uh, you know, uh, Andretti does at Long Beach or uh, certainly Penske. So can they take that next step up as a team and, and Rossi as a driver, right? I think it would be an excellent race for him to win as, in terms of his career. You mean good timing or you mean it's a good timing? Yeah, this would be good timing. Uh, you know, it's it's fair to say with Alexander Rossi, and, I, you know, I think this is fair to say, is like you're not really sure where he's at in terms of a driver's pecking order, right? Because how much of the last few years was Andretti and how much was him, it's very hard to say. And the first 
two races may have uh, this year may have given us a little bit of a glimpse, but not a lot. I mean, I don't think it's told us a whole lot about where Alexander Rossi now stacks up with all the other drivers. You know, winning this would or having a good weekend anyways would kind of say a lot about if he does well, would say a lot about where he's at vis-a-vis others. Well, I mean, he was top five at St. Pete, I think, wasn't he? Correct. But yeah. as you know, attrition. Well, okay. But, um, you know, McLaren seemed to have it together. Award would have, could have, should have won. Finished second. Rossi finishes fourth. And I think Rossi didn't, he qualified fairly well at Texas. And then, um, you know, the black cloud, black cloud returned over his uh, okay. state fortunes. Let's so, cut through the curb. Let's cut through the crap. Do you think Alexander Rossi is a top five driver in IndyCar right now? No. Okay. That's all if I'm he, saying. If he wins this weekend, does that automatically put him in the top five? It doesn't, but it helps the case. Like I said, I just don't think we know where he's at for all the reasons I just stated before. I just uh, my, That's my point. I don't think we know where he's at. I'm not, I'm not either defending him, um, nor am I you know, trying to, to uh, give him accolades. I just – honestly don't know where he is stacks up against the other top IndyCar drivers right now because there's just been too many other circumstances and so forth which cloud your ability to pontificate on the matter my ability or yours not your ability i would you (laughs) there's nothing in the world that stops you from pontificating on the matter but for me it's it's difficult Well, it's certainly a track um, which he's had success in the past, right? He won in 18 and 19. So from a timing point of view, as you're saying, and maybe from a, a good event for him, historically, point of view, um, this is a place for him to get it rolling. And welcome to the comment I made four minutes ago. Okay. Right, there we go. <laughs> welcome to my world. Okay, Curb, let's get to it, shall we? Curb, uh, my pick, right? Suppose, yes. It's really boring, and I apologize in advance for the pick, but I'm going to have to go to it. It seems like the the best chance of of anybody, probably the lowest odds uh, driver in the bunch, uh, Joseph Newgarden. <laughs> uh, let's see, Newgarden, second in 2019, second in 2021, first in 2022. I'd say it was a good pick. Thank you. And now I would suggest that I've left you with a bit of an S sandwich. A quandary, might you say? It is, but I'm going to stick with my preseason conviction and go with Alex Palau. Wow. I, I still think I have a bit of an S sandwich, even with that pick. But kind of three people orbiting in that field for a second pick, and you that was he was one of them. So, okay. you know, Palau's been strong at the course. He is a front runner this year. He's driving well. No reason to think uh, he is not going to be a contender. And I think one of the things we should mention about Long Beach is occasionally an unlucky yellow or, or, you know, going off strategy does pay at Long Beach, right? So, yeah, even if you got a guy that's not qualifying right up front, but you know he's fast, he just had a bad qualifying or something, that that doesn't mean you should discount him because uh, you can sometimes pull that off at Long Beach. Um, having said that, uh, I've I've been uh, touting this guy and the strength uh, the last uh, last little while, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to have to say Pato Award. All right. I 
fully expected that before your long explanation. So right on there. And I guess if there were three of them and Palau and Pato and. Kirby, if you don't mind me saying, you're being a bit smug today. I'm guessing the third was the third one in that orbit, Malukas. <laughs> David Malukas, that's how you got to say it. That is, um, okay. Um, yeah, you're being uh, the, the one thing you hate in this world, as we've established in this podcast before, is that you hate smugness. And I dare say you're being smug today. Am I being smug? Okay, sorry. Um, try to I'll try to rein that in. Um, where am I here? I uh, dug a little deeper on this one, and I'm kind of going off my usual pattern, but um, winter in 2021 and the uh, pole sitter in 2022, Colton Herta. Damn you. That was my next pick, and um, I'm stunned that you picked it. I, I, did, not, a, I did not see you doing that. You thought me I was going right, and I went left. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that's that's surprising. That is surprising, Kerb. Uh, but for all the reasons you just said, uh, strong at this course, no reason to think uh, he can't be in it here at all. Um, in fact, that one year, I, I believe he won. He was the fastest. I mean, he was just dominant fast, right? There there was some fluke in qualifying, so he ends up qualifying mid-pack, and I think he was to the lead within you know 10 or 11 laps or something. Just yeah, dominant day. Yeah. Kerb, I find myself go into this guy i think i've maybe i've picked him all year for every race so far um so there must be something to it i've uh spoken of his demise many times um and it's never happened scott dixon old reliable a performer at this track as well sure sure okay now i feel like i've got the s sandwich there's a lot a lot of uh stuff to choose from here andretti's historically strong at this track rojan was a runner-up last year gave uh Quite the fight to New Garden there on a restart near the end. I strongly encourage you to pick him. Will Power, or do we buy into the McLaren surge in 2023 and throw in your previously mentioned Rossi as a, a former master at this track? So I think that's probably where my choices lie, although I guess I'm overlooking Scotty M as well. I'm going to go with Rossi. Again, my it would have been my pick. Uh, wow, we are really in sync here. Kerb, let's uh, do something somewhat unprecedented since we got time. Why don't we go talk, down to talk about IndyCar racing? <laughs> why don't we go down to uh, as many as ten picks? I, I think you four. set the table uh, very well for um, you know who the next uh, considerations would be. I, I gotta go Will Power here. My guts kind of tell me that's the wrong pick, but I'm gonna just take that. Erickson was running up high uh, last year before a late uh, brain fade there on a the restart, right? Sneaky Swede, we never Probably. even <laughs> never even in the consideration talk. Probably throw him in the mix there. Or Erickson, Scotty M, or Grosjean. Uh, I think he's going to want to redeem himself. I'm going to take Erickson. Wow. Did not expect that. Kerb, I'm going to go a little bit uh, maybe to your shock here, but somehow I just got a feeling about this guy for this race. Uh, Grosjean. Maybe the stars will align for him here. Maybe he can keep it off the wall or running into somebody else. And maybe he can win this race. All right. Well, that leaves me Scotty M. I guess I can't go wrong settling for Scotty M. No, uh, it's funny. It took uh, 10, 10 people to get to him. But there you go. 
Kind of shows the depth of the field, I would suggest. You often throw this question out there. If you want to bet on some long odds, who would you bet on? Uh, Rosenquist and Pagano. I buy Rosenquist. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, look, it's hard to it's hard to pick a Meyer Shank guy uh, right now, uh, but they are technical partners with Andretti, right? So in theory, they got this. They have Andretti cars. He's yeah. pretty good at pretty good at this track. Well, you know, last last year he ended up in the flower pot. So he did. He did, and I can't wait to see the the picture of the dolphin again. Uh, right. The dolphin statue. I mean, that's going to be great to see that 55 times during a broadcast. If you got the guy at long odds and you know, want to put a few bucks down on him, not a bad, not a bad place to park your money, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're going long odds, I guess I might throw a few on Gary Mayhall, who will not qualify well. I promise. Uh, he likes to play the strategy games, though, and you talked earlier about the potential for you know successful strategy given timely yellows and and uh, uh, tire strategies and all those kind of things. So. Uh, one other possibility there, if you want to throw some money on a long, long odds uh, chance to win. If Graham Rahal wins a race this year, what are the odds of him crying? The odds are a lot better than his odds of winning a race this year. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll have a kid in his arms and he'll have his uh, receding forehead and he will have recount to you how many races it's been since he's won a race, which I think was 2017. I, I couldn't blame him for a release of emotion if he could pull off a win this year. No, I agreed. Interestingly, his best chance for a win this year probably comes at the 500. Right. Curb, that's it. This is a short one. All right. Uh, give us the Twitter handle. At Hero, H-I-R-O, IndyCar. At Hero, IndyCar. And I'm proud um, to announce, Curb, that we have a new sponsor. Really? Tell me all about it. I would love to tell you all about it. In fact, can I can I do it in like a live commercial format for you, Curb? Okay, if we're gonna do that, can I interject a second? Yes. Uh, last week I felt um, badly after the show because the day we recorded our show, it was announced that AJ Foyt's uh, wife had passed that day. So we want to send our condolences out to AJ and the family. And uh, over the weekend here in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. A sprint car driver um, also lost his life uh, Saturday night at the at the sprint car race there in Lawrenceburg. So condolences to both sets of families and friends. Uh, yeah, agreed with all that. And uh, sprint car racing is still quite dangerous. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, Curb. Okay. Now, my live format uh, commercial. Let's Ready, hear it. This is the first first time for me, so we'll see how I do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, Curb, you ever sat there and wondered, like, as you're working away on your computer and your phone's sitting there next to you doing seemingly next to nothing, if there's anything that could be done with that spare processing power that's just sitting there idle? Hasn't occurred to me, no, but I'm sure you've got a good use for that spare processing power. Curb. Soon there will be a use for that spare processing power. And not only a use for that, something that can make you real money. Tell us more. HashHive, an upcoming application for your phone, will quietly and efficiently mine cryptocurrency in the background as it sits there. All you need to do is set up the app and let it go. And if you visit the app several times, uh, if you want, during a day, just to see how well you're doing, 
um, you will increase the amount of money, uh, crypto money that you get back on a daily basis. Just for simply checking on my account? Just for simply checking. That's oh. all you got to do. Sounds too good to be true. The grid. Hash hive. Hash hive. H-A-S-H-H-I-V-E. That's it. One word or two? We'll say one for now. Okay, gotcha. Coming soon to a theater near you. All right, well, I look forward to seeing that big royalty check from HashHive. Yeah, it, uh, it will also be right next to the one from um, the podcast as we get it. Oh, from Saul's Diner. Okay. <laughs> right. There we go. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Uh, Enjoy the race along, team, and we'll talk to you after.